<laughs> I mean, I don't even know what to say after that one, everybody. Um, you all watched the same game I watched. Uh, yeah, wasn't quite the follow-up to the last game. Uh, didn't build a winning streak. Didn't really get much of anything going. Dare I say, on a night in which all the lights weren't on at Climate Pledge Arena, the Kraken weren't really either. Is that too cheesy? I'm trying. I'm I'm gonna have to try a lot, uh, pull a lot out of my bag of tricks to try to make this uh, a fun and and try to find the optimism for this post game live. It was a rough one. It was a really really rough game uh, for a lot of reasons. I'm we're gonna get into it all, of course. Whether it's from the injury standpoint, lots of guys getting banged up in this one, the penalties that weren't called. Uh, that's obviously going, I think, to be a topic of conversation. And then just Overall, the, the intensity level, the the energy level, the lack of scoring again. We're, I mean, made Jonathan Quick look like it was 2013. I didn't know that was possible, but uh, the Kraken managed to do it in this one, unfortunately. I will say, though, however, as we kick off the Emerald City Hockey postgame live here, uh, there's one place that I can I fa fairly reasonably feel like I can say the lights are on, and that's over at Flatstick Pub. Uh <laughs> Like I said, I'm going to be trying tonight, folks. Um, yeah, no, I, I think uh, I, I think this this seems like a really good game to go and take advantage at that South Lake Union location, that dollar off beer uh, after the game. You just take and show your Kraken ticket there, get the dollar off your beer. I, I feel like this is one of those games where uh, a lot of people might be interested in that. Um, I think it's a good call. And hey, you know what? Maybe maybe lights out mini golf like could be a thing like black light mini golf. Like I actually think that could be. That could be like a, a fun idea. Like, you know, they do it at bowling alleys. Flat stick, if you're if you're listening, maybe give it a shot. Everybody, maybe go over to Flat Stick, tell them Dylan from em Emerald City Hockey sent you and uh, casually suggest some black light mini golf. I think that would be a lot of fun. Um, all right. So I'm just going to hop into uh, the comment section here and, and let you guys kind of dictate where where we start with things, because like I said earlier, there's a lot to get to in this one. None of which was really that great. Uh, Michael, what in God's name was that game? Horrific officiating, tons of crack and injuries, continuation of scoring failures. Well, there we go. I guess we're starting with all of it. Um, yeah, so horrific officiating. I, I'm, I'm with Eddie on this one, right? How do you miss the the Rangers bench taking a shot at Yanni Gord. You miss that and don't call it. All right. I guess you can miss that. You're never expecting that to happen. So you're not looking for it. I want to know how there wasn't more punishment on Chris Kreider for cross-checking Yanni Gord when Yanni Gord had already been cross-checked by Adam Fox. His helmet is off. I mean, Chris Kreider cross-checks him towards the boards without his helmet on. And if he's like a foot further, or if Yanni Gord's just, you know, tall, right? <laughs> Yanni Gord's not the tallest guy. If Yanni Gord's a foot taller, his head without a helmet is going clear into those boards. And we're dealing with a very, very serious situation, right? And the refs were just like offsetting. Let's just move on. And that's the part that really sticks with me. I get missing the bench. And if you're not going to be able to go to review to be able to pick up that penalty, it's unclear whether or not they're allowed to do that. I think at the very least, you have to say if a player has no helmet, they've already been cross-checked and the refs were there. They knew he had already been cross-checked. No helmet, already been cross-checked. Somebody flies in and, and does a second cross-check to Yanni Gord's back with his helmet off right around the boards there. That's an extremely dangerous play. 
you know, I, I'm not even saying it has to be a game misconduct that guy's got to get thrown, but at the very least, he's got to get more than also what Yanni Gord gets on the other end. So that was abysmal officiating, uh, not to mention just the whole, the way they decided. I'm I'm great with how they handled the lights being out on in the one corner, the team switching sides the way they did at the 10 minute marks of every period. I think that's the perfect solution, right? Nobody gets an unfair advantage of being able to play in shadow. Um, let everybody know though, maybe like that's, that would, you know, they obviously let everybody on the ice know, maybe just give a quick, you got a mic, just announce that to the arena. So everybody else knows um, the tons of crack and injuries, Michael. I mean, there's a lot. Uh, so obviously the biggest one is going to be Andre Burakovsky. Ugh, it feels like we just got him back and, and already we're going to be dealing with another serious situation with him as he gets, you know, Truba boarding call. He hits him well after, you know, Andre Burkovsky's gotten rid of the puck. Burkovsky goes into the boards awkwardly. He's holding. I don't know whether it's, you know, it's all speculation and we're not going to know for a while. Uh, tomorrow, you know, midday at the earliest uh, as they're going to have to do some pretty serious imaging, I would imagine. But whether it's collarbone, separated shoulder, dislocated shoulder, some sort of upper arm thing. Who knows what it is, but it looked very serious. And the fact that Berkey wasn't able to come back in this game. That's also not a very good uh, sign for him either. And then just, you know, Belmar having to miss a couple shifts because he got hurt. Jaden Schwartz, it looked like that ankle at some point was bothering him again. And he had to come off and kind of walk around in the tunnel. That was rough. And then Brian Dumoulin dealing with something as well, having to miss a couple shifts. So it, definitely not a good night on the injury front for the crack. And then the continuation of scoring failures. Like I said, you made Jonathan Quick look like, you know, I, I didn't know he was still capable of looking, to be perfectly honest. And I'm going to go a step further. The scoring issues are one thing, but I feel like in this one, it's easier to point the finger at the fact that, look, the Kraken went away from volume shooting. This feels very different than those first couple games that they were dropping and they couldn't score because in those games, they were winning the shot battle. Right. I mean, they they were having 70 plus shot attempts, all this stuff. In this game, you played a second period. You had two shots on goal. The Kraken just didn't exist offensively. It wasn't like, oh, we couldn't finish or we were unlucky or whatever. It was just the Kraken just decided we're just not like going to press the issue, I guess. Um, that was what was so surprising out of this and why I think this one feels worse than maybe some of those earlier games uh, when they were also not scoring. Just because in this one, they just didn't feel like they had it really from the start of the second period through the rest of the game. There wasn't a lot of life there. And I know these are like big things that I'm throwing around and it's pretty negative, but it's I mean, it's true, right? I think we can all kind of agree on that. Having watched this game that the Kraken they didn't have a ton of life in this one uh, through that second and third period. So that's that's some tough stuff. Braun, there's lots of garbage throughout that was directly hockey related, but I got to say that we just looked bad at pretty much every phase of the game, in my opinion. I'm with you. Defense in this one was really, really rough. So we had the Justin Schultz, Brian Dumoulin pairing doing their thing again, and their thing is poor defense. And that's obviously not what we want to see. I'm also going to go on the record and say this is the worst defensive game Maddie Beneers has ever had at the NHL level, potentially at any level of hockey. What I saw from Matty Beniers, I it was really like I I've never I wouldn't recognize him as Matty Beniers if he wasn't wearing his jersey, right? If he wasn't wearing number 10, I wouldn't have never guessed that that was Matty Beniers. Puck watching, uh puck chasing. I mean, he was just out of position all night long. I think two of these goals you could kind of point 
fairly like right there to him. I think they might've both been the Panarin goals actually that you can just kind of say like those, those are on Maddie or maybe it was the Lafreniere and then the first Panarin one. But I, I just think Maddie was just losing things in the slot and net front. And he just, he looked rough in this one. So yeah, there was the offensive issue, not pushing that. And then you have the defensive issues on top of it. It was rough. Fusion makes someone please get these boys boxing classes. Yeah, it was a little weird after such a, all that was made after the Ty Cartier, you know, sticking up for, for his teammate in the last game, right? And then in this one, you have uh, Berkey go down on an illegal hit, right? Truba gets a penalty for it. It was not a legal hit. Berkey has to leave the game. You have that situation. Nobody really goes and addresses that with Jacob Truba. Interesting. Uh, then you have the Yanni Gord situation. Nobody really went and addressed that. And then finally, you have Jared McCann going out there throwing hands. He's the one guy who can score consistently on this team. He's the one guy whose hands need to be protected at all costs. And he's the guy who's got to go out there and start punching a, a helmet. Like, are you kidding me? So that that is very, very strange, especially after the way the last game went and what we saw from Ty Cartier and what a big deal that was for everybody. This felt very, very strange. I don't know what was going on with that. Uh, Lindsay, well, that sucked. Yeah. Uh, Schultz, that was uh, poop emoji. Berkey can't catch a break. Time to get some team bonding on a road trip. I agree. I think the road trip, I mean, maybe we'll help after this one. It was bad. What a weird, stupid game. I like that. Oh, Rain, that's pretty well said. George, I've said it once. I've said it twice. I'll say it again. John Hayden. I will tell you this. I don't think all that stuff's going down if John Hayden's in the lineup. I think John Hayden probably comes through somewhere and makes something happen in a way that we we didn't see tonight. Like I was just talking about fusion mix Hayden and Megna incoming. It's possible, especially now would be a good time to maybe ease Brian Dumoulin out of the lineup for a game or two. Let him reset. Obviously we don't know the, the extent of his injury. He came back to play more. So I'm guessing it's not that bad, but I do think that, you know, having Megna come in for a game or two for Brian Dumoulin, maybe that'll help him reset and kind of, you know, he can play better, right? If we're just being honest. Um, yeah. Uh, Michael, it's time for right. I don't care about their stupid plans. It's time and the Kraken desperately, desperately need a spark. I'm with you, Michael. I think I would call up Shane Wright. I would have him on a wing. We'll probably get into this a lot more on the deep dive on Monday, RJ and I. And obviously we'll hear from RJ in a little bit. Uh, I, I, I see somewhere down here in the comment section, you're saying this is the longest it's taken for the Kraken to open up the locker room uh, for, for the media to go in there, which understandable probably um as for as for shane Wright, i think there's a couple reasons why it won't happen they really want him to get the seasoning and the ice time down at coachella valley i think they're going to stick to that plan especially because they have that however many games or days that 30 day window or whatever where all those guys that they sent down through waivers are free to be called up and sent back down without having to clear waivers again. And I think they would want to go ahead, give Shane Wright that, that full month in Coachella Valley, let him work on all that stuff. And here you could call up a Cole Lind. If you feel like you need more scoring, call up a John Hayden. If you feel like you need that physical presence and not have to worry about losing them on waivers mid season, where you're far more likely to lose them on waivers than you were at the end of training camp. So I think the Kraken would take advantage of the fact that they can bring those guys up and send them back down later on without having to lose them. I think I think that's probably the direction the Kraken are going to go. And I would guess that, you know, Cole Lind, if they want scoring, Cole Lind would be the guy if they want a physical presence, which I could definitely see after this game, John Hayden is going to be that player for them. 
Um, but I, I'm, I'm all for having Shane Wright come up and I'm have, I'm all for having Shane Wright play on the wing. Just get used to the speed of the NHL. Don't worry about the, uh, the pressures and the responsibilities of being a center. He's going to play stellar defense, even on the wing right? and the Kraken could use that. So, uh, I think that's certainly something the Kraken should start considering as we move, uh, into next month and we get past that waiver window. Uh, let's see. Uh, B, well, that was a game unless you want to be generous. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I no, I think that's that's what it was. Um, uh, brittle glory. If nobody got me, at least the Firebirds do. I know we all kind of picked the wrong game to watch, didn't we? We should have been watching the Firebirds tonight. Uh, last I saw, they were up three nothing with a Shane Wright goal. Uh, there, so some good stuff there. Um, let's see, back to scoring one goal from Pablo. I know I, we were so, we were so close. We were, we were on our way out of this. We were on our way out of this. Come on. Uh, okay. So Drieger did get the shutout with the Firebirds. B, thank you for letting us know. Um, Lindsay, the Kraken have given Grubauer three goals for in four games played. Meanwhile, Joey has eight goals for in two games of goal support. Is Joey the key? It's the same thing as last year, but with Martin Jones instead of Joey Decord, right? Like, I don't know what it is, but Philip Grubauer is just cursed when it comes to goal support on the Seattle Kraken. Uh, so I don't know if it's a Grubauer thing, if it's a backup netminder thing, but this is exactly what we saw last year with Martin Jones. There was large stretches of the season where Martin Jones, Philip Grubauer were playing the same, but Martin Jones was racking up all the wins just because he was getting goal support on the days he happened to be starting in net. They weren't really playing that differently, those two goaltenders, but that was the difference as far as the wins and losses. Uh, and it's, yeah, I'm with you, Lindsay. It sure seems like through, what, six games into the season or, or five games into the season, that's where we're at again. It, and I don't want to be there, but it, that's what it seems like. Um Coop, Kraken stay shooting low, need the skill to shoot higher. They have the skill. They they clearly must be, well, really, no. Really, wasn't the problem, Coop, really, that they were shooting mid, right? I think we could probably agree on that. The problem is that they were shooting mid because if you shoot low more, uh, you generate rebounds. And we saw that a lot in the last game. And they used that beautifully. I mean, there was a tons of rebounds. There was chaos in front of Ranta. I mean, they were able to get a lot of things going offensively it was able to build confidence drive energy really put carolina back on their heels with them shooting low it was just that they were generating rebounds this one they're shooting mid you're shooting too high to get those rebounds off the pads but you're not really having to make the goaltender extend in any way or you're not taking advantage of when they drop into butterfly all that room upstairs so i'm with you in the sense that they need to shoot higher or they need to shoot lower uh but they need to pick one and kind of stick with it is what i'm gonna say Go check yourself. Well, at least they'll practice before the next one. Let's figure it out again. Obligatory blaming the lights for forcing Gru's eyes to adjust too much. It's a really interesting situation. Um, I think, again, as with most of this year, a lot of these goals you can just kind of directly point to, with the exception of the Kako goal, you can just point to poor defense in front of Gru. I mean, that first Panarin goal. Of all the people on the Rangers to just leave wide open and give a full second and a half to control the puck, walk in and pick a spot, you're going to let our Terry Panarin do that? Are you kidding me, Kraken? Come on. Of course he scored in that situation. So that one was rough. I'll give uh, the Kako goal was on Gru. That, that one leaked through 
gets behind him. He's got to kind of squeeze that one. He's got to be able to stop that one, keep it in front of him. But the other ones, like I said, I mean, he got really bad defense in front of him for those last two. So it's, it's really tough that Gru's been having to deal with that this year. Um, this game was straight up cursed from Jake. I it certainly wasn't not cursed. It wasn't good. That's that's what we'll stick with. Edward was the last game cracking doing well or just hurricanes playing bad. They got smacked by Colorado tonight. They also lost to the ducks. I believe the hurricanes. So the hurricanes have issues. If you're a Patreon member, you know, over at patreon.com slash Emerald city hockey, we did a, a around the NHL preview. And I said, I think the Carol, the Carolina hurricanes are actually kind of frauds this year. So maybe I'm on to something. Uh, I really thought, though, the Kraken were doing things well. I thought they were playing well through the Blues game and, and through the, the Avalanche game. I thought they were really building towards something. They had those fundamentals I was on here shouting about. And uh, and I thought it was just all finally like the dam had broken. The, they were getting puck luck. They were building confidence. Everything was good in that Hurricanes game. But this was the lowest energy game I think the Kraken have ever played. Like this one, they just died. Like, I don't know what was going on. It was just, it was, it was, it was wild. Um, Rock Todd were soft. Thought uh, Alexiak would protect with these cheap shots. Maddie looks slower. Uh, I mean, Maddie is heavier. Uh, so it's possible that he's a little slower. I, it doesn't excuse really for me. It's, it's just like his defense is just not there right now, or at least it wasn't tonight. Um, be okay. Anyone else bewildered by the fact that they didn't swap nets before that power play in the second and instead swapped halfway through it. The power play started almost exactly at 10 minutes. I don't get it. I don't get it either. B other than the refs were really trying to stick to that first stoppage after 10 minutes. Like that's the only thing I can think of. And they really stuck to that even if it didn't really make sense to do so. And I, cause I hate that you can't change a power play like that. And, and I know this is kind of an unprecedented situation, but you know, the ice quality is completely different. The way guys are setting up could be different. Like it's, there's a lot going on there. I, I wasn't a fan of that either. Um, Rebecca, to be honest, I considered turning it off in the third, but figured it would be more confusing to catch up on whatever weird stuff went down. I mean, I don't, I don't know. You, you know, there was, I guess there was some of the fireworks there later on in this one. And, and it did turn out to be some of that. Um, these sponsorship segues are crazy, Dylan. I, I, you're welcome. I hope you mean that in a good way, Nicole. I, you probably do. Uh, Jake, I've played Blacklight mini golf. Please tell us about it because it's probably more interesting than the second period of this game. Uh, I'll stand by that. Um Andy, overall, the Kraken are a soft team right now. I know there are examples, Cartier, Canner, Yanni, of the opposite, but they get pushed around too much and bullied more often than not. I, yeah, yeah, I mean, I guess so, right? I ranted about, about them not having a response uh, to that whole situation, whether it was the Yanni situation, the Berkey situation, whatever it was. I'm generally not one of the people who really feels like, okay, you have to go out there and you have to hit some sort of quota of, X amount of hits and whatever to try to prove you're tough and grind things out. That's playoff hockey time, regular season. You don't need to be doing that, but I, they needed energy. And if energy was going to come through somebody being physical through standing up for their teammates, through just going out there and laying somebody out, even if in the second period, even if it was a penalty, you just go out there and you lay somebody out, you get a roughing call an interference call, whatever if that was going to wake up the Kraken for the rest of that period, it would have been worth it because at that point you're, you're looking at a one, one game. You're not shooting the puck. You're not getting shots. You're certainly not getting anything through too quick. 
you might as well have, right? Like, I don't know. They need, they needed energy and they needed somebody to kind of be the life of the team. And so, yes, if that's going to come from them being a more physical team, I guess that's what it'll take. I don't know that it has to. I think that can just come from, you know, kind of an energy guy um, like Yanni. He's not always the toughest guy, but he's, he's at least energy out there. Brandon Tanev. This is where you really miss Brandon Tanev. Oh, yeah. Uh, yes, exactly. What the hell? Kreider unacceptable. Kreider deserves a suspension regardless. Well, here's the thing. Because because something catastrophic did not happen. When he cross-checked Yanni Gord without his helmet on, he will not get a suspension because that's the way sports leagues think about this stuff. They don't want to think about the worst case scenario because it's uncomfortable and it's a bad liability thing. And you certainly don't want anything written in an email or any sort of paper trail around any sort of worst case scenario for liability reasons later. So my guess is they're not going to do anything to Chris Kreider, um, unfortunately. Uh, let's see, Ricky, bring up the kids. This combination of forwards and D is not working. Stop trying to revive last year's season could be a write-off if they don't have a good road trip. We are in dangerous territory of falling into the year one problem where, yeah, you drop too many games early and the next thing you know, you're out of it by Thanksgiving. And yeah, the season does become a write-off by the new year where you're just way too far out of it. I'm with you. If the road trip goes poorly, you're starting to really look at a situation like that again. And, oh, man, I really did not want to have to deal with that again. Ah. Uh, yes. Uh, at least Shane Wright had a goal in CV. You're very right, Lindsay. That that is a lone bright spot in a in a in a unlit hockey game is what that is. Uh <laughs> Sorry, I wish I had more like, you know, oh, here's a box of light bulbs like Eddie Olchek had. Uh, but uh, yeah. Um, is there any mechanism for the Kraken to file a complaint with the league for the horrible officiating from absurdly saying? I don't believe so. I don't believe that there's like a, an official protesting process the way there is in major league baseball. Uh, I know you're a big baseball fan, so I don't know if you're, if you're kind of referring to something similar to that. I can't remember an instance of that ever happening. Um, I've, I, there has been instances like with the Rangers when Tom Wilson kind of just picked up Panarin and dropped him on his head where they came out and they were very public about what they felt like, you know, was not enough of a, of a suspension or not enough, um, uh, from the department of player safety. And the Rangers kind of had a strongly worded public statement about that. And they got fined and the league really kind of came down on them. So my guess would be, if there is, it's a very behind closed doors process. But yes, I don't think that there's an official kind of protest um, process in the NHL the way there is in Major League Baseball. Um, yeah, I mean, as everybody be the cross check, the missed cross checks were so bad, and then it took them ages to actually announce the penalty. So weird. It wasn't the best officiated game. Now, what I will say with when it comes to the officials is after every game, the officials do kind of get. Um, like a, a report card and they get a, uh, a sort of like a debrief from the NHL, from the, uh, the officiating office. And I have to imagine for this one, there there's going to be a lot of things brought up uh, that 
in regards to how the officiating went down in this game. I will give it to them that they handled the lights situation as best as they could. And I thought that their solution was very fair and it was the common sense solution. That doesn't always happen. I want to, you know, give props where props are due, but the rest of the game was, was pretty poorly officiated and not even in the way we're used to, right. Where it's like, wow, they're really just calling, you know, hooks on one team and not on the other. They're missing all these calls in this end. No, I mean, those were, those were bigger deal situations where you had things going down. I don't know if they were just trying to keep, keep the game under control. And so they didn't want to punish one team more than the other for like the Yanni Gord situation. But if, if that was the case, I mean, it didn't work. Although I guess it kind of did, but the Kraken, you know, did that themselves just because they weren't, (laughs) they didn't do anything. Coop, doesn't Truba have a rep for stuff like this? Yes, he does. I mean, a couple of years ago in the playoffs, took a shot at Sidney Crosby in the slot, Um, you know, puck wasn't around if i'm remembering right and it was kind of a a a high hit on crosby so yeah truba does have a little bit of a reputation there um cameron was yanni ejected i do not believe yanni gord was ejected i'm gonna look uh, right now um oh well they must have because he had 16 penalty minutes so yeah i guess yanni gord was ejected for that which is i mean again if you're game managing i get it but if that's the case, Chris Kreider should have been ejected too. There's zero reason for, for Chris Kreider to be able to finish playing that game and for him not to, for Yanni Gordon not to. That's ridiculous. That I mean, that takes it to a whole new level. Oh my gosh, it's ridiculous. Um, I thought it would be a step back this year, probably a top 15 pick this year, but uh, this is kind of bad when the Ducks and Blackhawks look better than us from Fusion Mix. They do kind of look better than us, right? Those aren't good teams. They're not deep teams. They don't have a lot going for them as far as talent, right? The, the Kraken on paper, like light years, more talent on this Kraken team than the Ducks or Blackhawks have. However, the Ducks and Blackhawks play with energy. They stay in games. They keep games closed and they can score. Now they allow a bunch, but they can score. And right now, I mean, I would take that kind of play style and at least the fact that those games have energy. They have young players those fan bases are rooting for. Um, I kind of see where you're coming from, Fusion Mix. I don't think you're you're off at all there. Daniel, why was McCann the one that was fighting? He should never have to fight. Yeah, he shouldn't. I'm with you. I, it's ridiculous that he was the person fighting in this one. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, the fact that Alexiak doesn't fight and we have our leading scorer fighting our battles is flat out ridiculous from Coop. Well, there we go. We got some more there. Um, Sarah, I didn't think they had they have life. They were just severely outplayed. Oh, you think they did have life. They were just severely outplayed. I don't know. I, there was times where it didn't feel like they were outplayed. It felt like they were letting themselves be outplayed. And I guess that's what I mean from them not having life. They lacked energy. They lacked kind of getting, you know... I, it takes a lot to be outplayed and to the point where you only have two shots on goal in an entire period. Right. And, and the Kraken had that situation in the second period. And then in that third period before the Yanni Gord stuff went down, I mean, that team, they were barely getting it out of the zone. They weren't pressing anything offensively. I mean, even the announcers, right. Was that the, like the flattest you've ever heard John Forslund and Eddie Olchek call a Kraken game. I mean, they were reaching, at the end there just to kind of try to stay engaged. And it kind of looked like the players were too. So I I don't know. It was, it was a rough one. Ricky Spanish, which by the way, 
love that. Love the love the name, love the avatar. I, I know what you're going for there. Uh, Kraken cannot score. The Carolina game shouldn't even count. Looks like they just let in six goals against every team. That is part of the problem with the Hurricanes looking as bad as they do. It makes that game feel a lot less special for us, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. The Kraken, they need to score more. We've, we know that. We've, we've known that all season. Uh, just got to hope that they can get it going. Uh, Jake, I think it's time to call up Hayden. We need an answer in games like this. McCann should not have to be the one stepping up and fight. Agree, Jake. We talked about that uh, a little earlier. Michael, leaving Panarin that open is just unacceptable for any NHL uh, player, period. It is. But, like, you know, you could leave, like, uh, Ryan Reeves that open, and you might be able to get a save off of it. You're going to leave Panarin that wide open. I mean, you're just giving the the Rangers a goal. (laughs) Lindsay, God bless our Sioux boys, Ty Cartier and Jared McCann for dropping the gloves and standing up for the team. They shouldn't have to be the ones to fight, but gotta love their heart. Definitely. Now let's let's RJ's here. Let's bring RJ in. Let's hope. Well, hopefully the audio worked and and everything's fine this time. Um, But beyond that, I mean, RJ, we've talked about just about everything there is to talk about this game, which is just to say, we talked about how bad it was. Um, I, what I mean, what was the what was the mood like after this one? Because this was bad. Well, I'll, I'll start with it took a long. Oh, you quiet again. No. Come oh, on. No. Earlier today. Hold on, hold on. I'll turn you up on my end. All right. That's better. better. That's bet. That's yeah. better. Yeah. I, when you're better? closer to the camera, it's better. All right. Well, here I'm up closer now. All right. We Go. tested this multiple times today. I know. Well, you know oh. what? That's fitting, right? Because yes. vibes in this building were just weird all day. It w- it wasn't just that. There was like a technical glitch with the lineups coming out before the game. There were big printer issues for like PR. It was just it felt like everything was going wrong and going weird in this game. And of course, when the light issue happens, then like, you know, all bets are off for this one. It was just a weird weird hockey game and and the bad side of weird. But you asked me after the game kind of what the mood was like, right? Well, I'll start by saying this was one of the longest that it's taken for them to open up the locker room. So I'm sure Paxtall was saying something to his team, addressing them again. No clue what, but, you know, you can probably imagine what it was like in the locker room after that game. Uh, These were some of the quickest post-game player interviews. Three questions long for both players. Like, very fast. You know, just the lights, what was that like? You know, the, the chippiness in the game and, like, one other question. And then Hackstalls is only like five questions long, too. It was very short in that regard. So um, definitely, uh, you know, kind of a I'm trying to describe the atmosphere, but, you know, just kind of trying not to make anyone more angry or, you know, step on anyone's toes and get the hell out of there. Um, but we did get some interesting takeaways from the players and from Hackstall. Yeah, I mean, tell us about him. All right. So we start off with Jared McCann. Uh, he did say the light issue was, you know, kind of crappy having to switch sides every 10 minutes or so he felt like it kind of messed with the momentum that when you build some momentum all of a sudden you got to switch sides and that's a whole thing uh, and it was definitely unusual but he made sure not to use it as an excuse uh, he did say look both teams have to play on it it's on us we've got to be better you know he, he started with that it's not an excuse but um you know i, I think it, there is you know the reality of that issue that it just it's a different type of hockey game it throws some people off uh, and yes it happens to both teams but it's just hard to get into a rhythm and the Kraken especially too or a team that I feel like needs to get into that rhythm maybe more than other teams um, and then on the fight too because I don't know I'm sure you guys have talked about this Jared McCann dropping the gloves with Vincent Trocek and uh, he did I asked him about the fight he did confirm that it was in response 
uh, to the hit on Brian Dumoulin. He felt like Trocek left his feet a little bit uh, and said, you know, I wasn't going to jump him. I asked him off the face off, you know, do we want to square up? And he said yes. And, you know, end of story there. Um, and then as far as the updates from Dave Haxtell, uh, he was asked about the Truba hit. Um, you know, he didn't, he said there was nothing egregious on, he didn't see anything egregious on it. Started, started off saying he didn't get the best look at it too, but said, you know, you could make an argument about whether it was late or not. He said, I'm not going to go there. I didn't see anything egregious on the hit. Do I like it? No, we lost a player out of it, but that's kind of where we're at. So we didn't really go any further on that. Understandably, the real bad news, though, and I don't know if people have seen this on Twitter yet, um, but Dave Haxtall with some bad news on Andre Burakovsky said he's going to wait till morning to give a clearer, more definitive update, but it sounds like it's not something that's going to be short term. All right. Well, we were kind of fearing that. I think everybody was speculating that both on Discord and in the comment section here. Um, it's kind of, yeah, it's going to be tough, especially after last season and what he had to go through there. Definitely less than ideal. Um, RJ, I, I get it. Okay. McCann steps up for Dumoulin again, McCann, probably the last person you want fighting on this team, given his scoring prowess. I'm still shocked that nobody stood up for Berkey. Like why was, why did nobody go after Truba? And look, I know Jacob Truba is a tough customer. I know it's mm -hmm. not going to be pleasant to drop the gloves and go square up and fight with him. I get all that, but there wasn't even really an attempt, not even to like finish a check extra hard nobody going after Jacob Truba after that hit. And I, I didn't like it. I, I didn't like seeing that. And, you know, especially after the last game where good on Ty Karche for standing up for his teammates there, but you know, that, that a rookie has to go do that. I know some people were saying, you know, maybe should he have to be the guy to go do that? Uh, well, certainly, I mean, it, it seemed like, you know, Yanni obviously started some stuff by the, by the bench there over with the Rangers and everything, you know, he got the misconduct, but you know, there, there is that hit that hurt Dumoulin and, somebody's got to step up and answer for it. Clearly Jared McCann thought enough of it that he felt, okay, I need to go do this because nobody else was going to. And that's a bad sign. You need yeah. somebody in that lineup. Who's not Jared McCann of all people <laughs> stepping up and taking that fight. Again, I don't want to criticize McCann too much because like, you know, he's stepping up for a teammate. I, I can't criticize that, but he should not have to be the guy to go do that. No, he shouldn't. And then um, also with, you know, Dumoulin gets banged up on that hit. We know about Berkey. I mean, Belmar misses a couple shifts in this in the third period of this one. Jaden Schwartz gets, you know, re kind of re-injures his ankle at one point, it looks like. And he goes over and has to walk it off in the tunnel there. Uh, any updates on anybody else injury-wise? Uh, no, no updates on anyone else injury-wise. I think we'll just hear more tomorrow morning. Uh, you know, Haxtell's going to give an update on Burakovsky tomorrow morning. Maybe some other stuff will come out as well. But yeah, lots of guys getting banged up in this one. And the Rangers, I think, feeling like they could take some liberties with the Kraken. I mean, they were running around in the ice all night. I mean, it's you know, it's not a good situation. I think on the one hand, they know they're not, probably not going to have to answer for any of that stuff as far as a fight or squaring up or anything like that. And two... They're not really going to have to answer for it, you know, based on power play goals. The Kraken had a big opportunity at five on three, which I'm sure you probably already talked about, a chance to take the lead in the game at one one. And they didn't get a shot on goal in the five on three, albeit short. Yeah, I, we actually hadn't even gotten to the fact that they were scoreless on the power play again, RJ, because there was so much other stuff to talk about. Um, one thing I want to talk about with you is officiating. Now, Lots of criticism of the officiating in this one, I think justified and different from how we normally criticize officiating, right? The whole Yanni Gord situation, I don't know what kind of replays you were able to see, but the fact that he gets interfered with with somebody from the Rangers bench, right? Cooley interferes with him there. He gets 
cross-checked from behind as he's dealing with that from Adam Fox, loses his helmet, then gets cross-checked again by Chris Kreider, gets up, kind of jumps Kreider. I mean, Yanni Gord gets the, it looks like, you know, a, a, a major or something, a misconduct, right? Yeah, right. For roughing or various things like that, 10 minute misconduct. Yeah, he gets the misconduct. Nothing on Chris Kreider, though. No call on the bench reaching out and, and you know, coolly uh, hitting um, Yanni Gord there. Any, I mean, anything from the Kraken on that one? Because that's like a really ridiculous situation from an officiating standpoint. No, actually, uh, no comments on that whole thing. It was more kind of focused on the Truba hit. But, but that whole fiasco, I, I thought. Um, it, it was difficult. There are a lot of different elements of it. Here's my understanding, because I, I thought I got a pretty good look at it, too, and I got I got to watch some replays here. So you have Yanni Gord with the hit on Heedle that kind of starts the whole thing, which clean hit maybe a little bit high, but, you know, the Rangers are like, okay, we yeah. can't get started here, right? And so then Fox comes back after him, you know, hits him there, and at that point, Yanni's by the bench. On my look, I got look at one replay. It looked to me like Yanni started the stuff with the bench. To me, that's just the, on the one look. Maybe it was different to you. And then at that point, I think it's Fox or someone comes in, hits him, knocks his helmet off. And the one that was particularly egregious to me, though, was Kreider with, with hitting Yanni in the back, close to the boards like that. A helmetless Yanni Gord, by the way. Mm -hmm. That could have been a lot worse. If he's a few inches close to the boards, that is very, very bad. And that's where I was thinking that Kreider would have gotten, you know, at least the 10-minute misconduct that Yanni got. Uh, but no, it appears he didn't. I saw him still in the penalty box. We got penalties, but not, uh, you know, misconduct for that one. So... Yeah, I don't understand why the calls went the way they did. I mean, it end, I, I get it end up being five on five that, you know, there was a lot going on in both yeah. directions there. Um, but yeah, I, I think, you know, Kreider certainly should have seen a little bit more for that dangerous shove in the back. Yeah, although I guess on a night where the Kraken were dealing with other things, nobody was going to let the game get out of hand. The, the officials didn't need to manage it. Uh, this There was an interesting question from Absurdly Sane earlier, RJ, about the idea of, you know, is, with a situation like that, is there a way for an NHL team to basically file a protest with the league around the officiating or at least some file some sort of complaint with the league after a game like this? It's kind of similar to baseball. Yeah, I don't believe there is. I've never seen it. Of course, the league is going to take a look at any play, whether it was called or missed or anything. You know, the Department of Player Safety is going to take a look at that that shove from Chris Kreider, or you would think they would. You know, in a, in a perfect world, they would take a look at it. Um, but yeah, I mean, they look at everything, so they're going to look at that, see if it warrants any kind of additional discipline. You know, at worst, it's going to be a fine because the, the Department of Player Safety is the way it is. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the process for it. Uh, there really is no formal complaint process that I've seen. Uh, when teams are particularly upset about something like that, what I've seen is usually the, the coach of the GM makes a comment, letting the league know, and they get fined for it. And so that's, you know, how it usually goes. Yeah, that's what that's what I said, too. Um, all right. We're back to only scoring one goal, RJ. Let's kind of shift over to this, this issue. I know. There, I, if there was something positive, RJ, to talk about, I would want to talk about it with you. Um, we're back to only scoring one goal. They go over to the power play. And worst of all, they can't even get shots off two shots on goal that entire second period i thought the team kind of just lacked life i mean there was just nothing going on for them in that second period and the first half of the third period I, what does this team need rj do they need somebody who's physical who can go in and bang somebody around do they just need an energy guy people are saying bring up shane wright like get some youth into the lineup i mean what is the answer i mean I don't think he's going to solve all the problems. I don't even think he's going to solve most of the problems, but I would like to see John Hayden get into the lineup here. 
Um, I think that's going to help you, first of all, just having a guy like that in case another game like this happens. That's the start. Um, you know, I, I do think the Kraken need a game where the momentum isn't interrupted in the way that it was in this one. And I you know, don't want to use it as an excuse. Of course, the players didn't. But I think the Kraken are a team that probably needs that momentum to build a little bit more than other teams. So that's a start. Um, you know, as, as far as scoring goals, like, you know, we, we were kind of dumbfounded after four games, right, with the finishing. You know, the, the finishing is what it is. And, you know, I thought Jonathan Quick, generally a, a pretty beatable goalie, but yeah. uh, it made him look pretty good tonight. Yeah, there's a ton of background noise. Can you maybe, like, move your setup a little yeah, further? A large crowd behind me here. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if you can move it or not, if you're if you're kind of locked into where you're at. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I talked about, like, in at least those previous games, the Kraken were generating a lot of shot attempts. They were generating a lot of shots on goal. It felt like, okay, it's a matter of time. Things will start going in. This one, you don't have that to fall back on, right? Like, you just got outplayed, period. There's no way to... to to get around that um oh man rj there's just i mean there's there's so much it's so much of this is just the comment section has just been that kind of stuff Lindsay, i'm telling y'all cpa is haunted rj's got to get a salt circle going or something before the next homestand you're gonna have a time tonight i i will tell you confirmed absolutely was definitely haunted tonight although dylan this was technically the halloween game this was like the closest home game before halloween i did see a few people out there in halloween costumes uh, at this game so maybe that's what it was yeah no i mean maybe uh ricky they have nothing uh to learn at that level referring to like Riker evans and shane wright playing at coachella valley let them learn like bedard fantilli and their contemporaries are doing i mean there is a big push rj on twitter on discord on the comment section here for those young guys to be brought up because hey look it was another bad game from the schultz dumoulin pair it, like really bad game from the Schultz Dumoulin pair. Because I thought they started well. I thought they had they a did. first period. Yeah, I thought this was. I I went on the record earlier. I said this was the worst defensive game I've ever seen Matty Beniers play, and that includes at college. Um, I something does need to change with this lineup. Something more substantial than what we've seen. I know you know Berkey being out now is going to lead to something, but does it need more? Yeah, I mean, when we talk about, like, calling up a Shane Wright or a Riker Evans, I personally, I don't want to bring Shane Wright into this situation as it is right now. You know, where, where the team is kind of floundering, trying to find answers, and, and you know, putting that on him as he's got to be the answer. I'm sorry, I don't want that for Shane Wright. Even though it might help the team in the short term, I don't think it's worth it for his development in the long term. I think the plan must have been to start him off at Coachella Valley, give him some runway, and let him build some confidence. You do not want to mess with that. Whatever you do, don't panic, don't mess with that. Reich Rivens is another story. You know, I, I think given the way the Dumoulin-Schultz pair has played, I think you mm -hmm. can make an argument to scratch, uh, you know, Brian Dumoulin or heck even, I know, you know, you, you talked to me the other day about maybe Will Borgen being someone to scratch to get Reich Rivens in the lineup. I wouldn't mind that. I think Reich Rivens, he's had a full season of the AHL under his belt. He's ready to come up and potentially play NHL games. That I wouldn't mind, but I think the Kraken should not call up Shane Wright just yet. I'm with you, and I think you got to take advantage of the fact that you have the ability to call up a Cole Lynn to John Hayden and send them back down in a little bit of time with the whole waiver situation as well. Um, Lindsay, got to win three out of four on this road trip to give me confidence in this team again. Otherwise, could be over before November even begins. I mean, we were talking back to season one, RJ, with the whole out of it by Thanksgiving, really out of it by New Year's. I mean, I, I kind of see where Lindsay's coming from. Just getting to November right now feels almost impossible. 
Well, yeah, I mean, if the results continue to be like this, then I mean, yeah, that's the, the place that it leads. I do think this team has a much better chance of turning it around. Uh, you know, they've got a lot more talent as, as we know than what that year one team had. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, they have to turn things around. So they've got to figure out the finishing. They've got to figure out the power play. I mean, you know, it's difficult. I think also, I think the schedule, if it gets a little bit easier, that can help playing against some yeah. teams that, although Detroit looks pretty good right now, but starting to play against some teams that maybe aren't playoff teams. You look at who the Kraken were for most of the second half of last season, you know, it's cut the playoffs out, but you take January on and mm-hmm. took care of business against bad teams and they just could not be playoff teams. And you yes. know what? The Kraken, I mean, they honestly, their one win, they took care of business against the bad team. I'm sorry, the Hurricanes were down Spashnaho, they were down Spetschnikov, they were down their starting goalie, and the Kraken took care of business. Rangers, tonight, bona fide playoff team. I just, I think, you know, maybe this schedule needs to lighten up a little bit too. Yeah. Um, everybody in here, Michael, screw their plans. Their plans aren't working. More than that, they've been terrible plans. Terrible. Uh, Pablo saying yes, but think of the confidence level. Ricky, Rikers played almost 100 AHL games. Enough already. And then, uh, Maddie, someone get RJ AirPods. <laughs> yeah, but- the background. I mean, you could take a step closer again. You kind of stepped okay. back. Yeah, sorry. I guess I did kind of back up a little bit. Yeah. There. Yeah. Um, there was a big group of Rangers fans that were like right behind me by the elevators. I think that was uh, some of the background. Also, the Zamboni was going, but still, that usually yeah. doesn't cause that bad of a problem. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just a lot of background noise. Uh, do McCann and Trocek have beef since their time together in Florida? Uh, were they competing for the same spot? It's from Yukim. Um, that's a good question. I wonder. Yeah. Were they I, there together? Again, not really familiar with their time together in Florida. Yeah. I know they were, were former teammates there. They probably were competing for spots. But I think on this one, it was pretty clearly just that hit on Dumoulin. Uh, you know, and when I asked Tanner about it too, he immediately said, you know, it was hit on Dumo. You know, it was clearly mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Uh, I do think that now, you know, one thing that was talked about earlier was if Dumoulin is a little banged up right now, you can kind of use that as an excuse, sit him for a couple games, see if he can reset, bring in Magna at the very least, right? You don't need to call up Riker. You can just bring in Magna and see if that works. Do you think we might see something like that? I know I'm kind of putting you on a limb there. No, I, I think it's possible. I mean, depends how bad Dumoulin's shaken up. I am surprised that he stayed on the bench. I don't know. Did he take shifts after that? Did he come back to the game? Do you remember? He did come back for one shift. I up he late. Did. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, just given given that hit, I thought he was going to head into the tunnel. He was really slow to get up. I'm sure they showed it on the broadcast. But, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, heck, you look Jaden Schwartz. He played a shift, um, you know, after, after getting hurt in the last game, then left for the rest of the game. And, you know, that stuff could be dicey. He did play tonight, but – you could tell he wasn't 100%. Yeah. Um, Michael, even if you don't bring up Shane, the echo. The echo. The echo's back. Great. Yep. Uh, I can't talk. Ledge is haunted. Yep. Uh, here, I can mute. There we go. Uh, even if you don't bring up Shane, it's time for Riker. Zero players not named Dunn playing better than Riker Evans right now. I would say Adam Larson. Uh, the fact that we don't mention Adam Larson ever means as a defenseman, he's doing his job. That's that's what that means. Yeah, definitely. I think, uh, you know, Lars, I think, had a sol- another solid game in this one. And, like, all season, he's kind of done his thing. Um, and then from CJ, so does Yamamoto move up to the second line now to replace Berkey? And then, Maddie, what do you think the lines look like next game? I, again, you'll have more information for everybody tomorrow, RJ, after, you know, practice or whatever the Kraken might be doing. But do you have kind of a feel for that right now or just something you'd like to see? 
you know, it's hard to tell as far as what they're actually going to do. And especially with some of those other guys that are banged up as well, that we don't really know how they're doing. Um, sorry, don't have more of a feel for that. Tomorrow is a travel day. They're going to Detroit. They'll have a practice at Little Caesars Arena on Monday. So that's probably when we'll get some more insight from the people who have traveled with the team. Uh, but we'll, of course, let you know all about that. We'll probably talk about it on the podcast. Um, mm -hmm. Since that'll be on Eastern time, we should be able to get ahead of that. Uh, as far as what I'd like to see, kind of the same thing that I had been talking about a couple post-game lives ago, where uh, you take Ty Karcher, you put him on the first line, you move Jared McCann down to that second line, and you kind of bring the third line back to what it was. I guess that leaves open a winger spot still on the second line. Maybe you do move Yamamoto into that spot. I like what I've seen from him generally. So I guess, yeah, I would go Karcher, Baneers, Everly. Um, I'd go McCann, Wenberg, and I guess Yamamoto. And then uh, Tolvin and Gord Bjorkstrand. And then fourth line of whoever's left. Belmar. Shore and Hayden, I guess. Yes, so. That's I, Hey, that's a fourth line. If I've ever heard of a fourth line, RJ. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> going? Well, no, yeah, the echo's gone for at least the moment. So we'll go with this. Uh, Hunter should have tanked last year instead of this year. Lol. I, the draft class last year would have been better for it. Not going to lie. Uh, although I'll take that playoff run. Yeah. Uh, Lindsay, I think with Berkey gone, we go. Matteo Kart, seven line, one. Uh, Bjorky back with Tolvin and Gord. Schwartz, Wenny, off wing McCann, Hayden, Belly, uh, Yams. Uh, that does work, although... Yeah, you're missing sports off my line, so yeah, yeah, he's, so. He's there. he seems okay, so yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, McCann, Wenberg, something like that, yeah, and it wouldn't surprise me if we see something like that either. I, I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, B would like to see Cartier and or Yamamoto brought up in the lineup. Some carts in particular was one of the only players tonight I thought was putting in a consistent effort. He doesn't know how not to really something, right? Like he's just one of those guys. Um, let's see. Gary win or lose. I love this team. That's from Pablo. Gary, yes, reminding everybody to like the stream. Appreciate it, Gary. Definitely want to thank all 95 of you for still being in this stream. You know, we're 50 minutes in, getting towards the end. It was a rough game. Know how that is. Saturday night, too, right? I I get it. Thank you all for being here uh with us. Coop with Huskies. So does that mean the Huskies? coming back can't just say that coop yeah, gotta give me more that game on on one of the screens up in the press bridge there were plenty of uh, huskies fans following that one i was gonna say gotta give me more than that coop i, I need to know yeah, uh michael it was interesting uh joey decord he definitely seemed kind of invested in that actually i hear that sparky the the mascot for asu was here at climate pledge earlier today and i also hear that joey may have made a bet with uh, someone on the team staff uh, to maybe wear, you know, the, the opposing or the winning team's, uh, you know, jersey or shirt or something like that. There you go. There you go. See, that's why you all hang in here 50 minutes uh, after a rough game like that for the post game live. Get that kind of stuff. That is that is a lot of fun. Um, all right. So let's see here. Uh, Going to be waiting for scoring and finishers until Calabrini or Eisman hit the Kraken roster. Dear God, I hope this crazy sentence I'm writing isn't true from Michael. I don't think it will be true. Um, yeah, I don't yeah, think it'll come. Yeah, I, I think. Oh, is it bad? I, I, I think we're going to be looking at you know further down the line this season, and the talk of the you know the the draft lottery will kind of sound ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, good night, Pablo. There, see you there, Hunter. Don't worry about being a downer. I still love you too, and I don't think you're being a downer after tonight. It'd be hard to be a downer, uh, any more than anybody else. Sarah, I was at CPA, and there are a few let's go Cartier chants when he was on the ice. Yeah, that's a good question, RJ. What was the crowd like tonight? Because it's still early on in the season, everybody's still excited for their team, they're coming off a win, but it was an interesting game between the lights and the delayed start, and then the performance of the team. You know, I think the lights and everything that came with it, it it also messed with the crowd. I think it didn't just mess with the players. It did kind of throw off momentum a little bit. Uh, and, you know, I, I think it had that effect. The um, There were a lot of Rangers fans in the crowd. There were a lot. They travel really well. There were a few Let's Go Rangers chants that, that were getting started toward the end of the game, usually drowned out by some booze. But, yeah, a lot of Rangers fans in the building. Um, but overall, pretty good crowd. It's just, again, with, with the momentum changes and – you know, it's easy for, you know, up in the press box when you're having like updates given to you and you're checking Twitter all the time, and you know exactly what's happening uh, to kind of stay in the loop with something like that, where the game's like a minute old and then the players just stopped playing and skating around. Uh, whereas I think a lot of the crowd maybe wasn't sure what was happening. And the announcements were also kind of vague. They're just like, uh, you know, they're switching sides because of the lights or we've stopped play because of the light, you know, where, where maybe you don't notice anything out of the ordinary, usually if you don't go to all the games. So I think it just kind of messed with the crowd vibe of the crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Well, good. Thank you for the update, Coop. So Huskies are in the lead. Uh, Rebecca, the CPA poltergeist. Hunter, we need to burn some sage in the locker room. It's definitely not the worst idea there is. Um, uh, let's see. Uh Maddie with the AirPods. Yes, we tested this pregame and it worked, so we were ready to go. But we do have a backup plan that I guess we're going to have to shift to for for the next home game, which will be in a little while. So I guess we'll have time to refine it. But yes, apologies again. No idea why this done this for two and a half years now. Never yeah, had this problem. Never had this issue, and it was fixed earlier today. I don't know. We got to call Todd Lywicki in here to like get on the phone and try and fix it. That was awesome. <laughs> Him that- up in the Kaiwak. That catwalk that was awesome that that was absolutely awesome we're like trying to figure out the lights thing and we just we all look up at the media we just see todd lie wiki coming in on his phone talking to people trying to sort things out and like that is some hands-on leadership love to see it definitely definitely tati game wasn't what we wanted of course but love the post games always a pep up with the community here definitely thank you so much for being here tati thanks everybody for being here um next time the lights freak out just call it from becca it wouldn't be the worst idea um and maddie asking did the lights ever get fixed uh no uh let me check on them right now no they're uh let's see which side was it on it would be the side you're on yeah, be the side I'm on. No, it looks like it looks like it's still out. Never got fixed. Yep. Um, the ghost of CPA messing with RJ now. Steal some assault from the press box for your safety, RJ. From no. Lindsay. Yeah. Assault the chicken tenders uh, that we had for intermission. Yes. That definitely. was the thing, and I put that in the Discord. There were still chicken tenders left at the end of the second intermission. That never ever happens. So just weird night all around. After that second period, would you have an appetite, RJ? No. I didn't. I didn't. I realized like, forget this. That's the answer right there. Uh, we'll do. We'll do this one as the last one. Coop. I think this team needs Jagger Furcus, absolute sniper. <laughs> I mean, look, he would bring some finishing when he wasn't like laid out, RJ, because he's like a hundred pounds too light to be playing right now. I know he would not have fared well in this game. 
uh, just <laughs> given all the physicality. But you know what? We talked about it on the last deep dive or, or two deep dives ago. Are the Kraken two built for the playoffs? Do they have enough players that are just really good at one thing? Jagger Furcus is really, really good at one thing. Yep. And that is scoring goals. So, you know yep. what? Maybe we can help. Up to 10 on the young year at his first hat trick of the season. Uh, Moose Jaw tonight. So good stuff there. Thank you all for joining us for this one. Again, we'll, we'll work on the audio things. Hopefully the Kraken work on their stuff. CPA will work on the lights. Uh, but the one place that doesn't need to work on anything is Flat Stick Pub because it's the place to be. They've got everything going on. Like I said, I mean, these promotions are killer at that South Lake Union location. Go get your dollar off beer after the game. Show your ticket. 50% off games beforehand. And again, I, I, I was talking about this earlier, RJ. Blacklight mini golf got to make it happen right yeah. that sounds incredible yes yeah, absolutely I'm, dylan you are killing it with these promos but yeah flat stick pub guarantee all the lights are working it, it's not cursed yes tagline. <laughs> yes that's their new tagline at uh flat stick pub all their locations not cursed like cpa that should that should be what they go with from now on oh man uh thank you thanks everybody for joining us for this one uh thanks to flat stick pub for sponsoring us like always and we will catch you all after that next game. <laughs>